Welcome to Identity Talk, a show dedicated to unearthing stories about compelling people, doing compelling things, and making compelling discoveries about who they are. I'm Jana Lopez, your hostess. Each episode of Identity Talk, you'll discover illuminating conversations with guests from all walks of life. My life's mission as a book coach, writing guide, and retreat leader is to guide people like you towards clarity and connection through writing. I blend experience and intuition to take your writing to unimaginable results in your creativity and productivity. I offer private and small group retreats in stunning Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm the published author of the acclaimed book, Me, My Selfie, and I. If it's time to unearth your own stories, write that book and need clarity, guidance, or support, visit JanaLopez.com. And now, let the unearthing of stories begin on Identity Talk with Jana Lopez. Welcome to Identity Talk with Jana Lopez. My guest with me today is Steve Spots, president of Book Baby, a publishing company, and also uh, a multimedia company now, it looks like. You're doing all sorts of things in the realm of storytelling. So thank you for being here with me. You are, Jenna. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to share my story, a little bit about our, our fun little company, Book Baby. Yes. Well, and I want to, I always preface every interview I do with why I've asked a guest to be on because, you know, we can come across people all the time. And so why do we choose the people we do to have the conversations that we, we do? So I first met Steve at a conference in Portland, Oregon, a Willamette Writers Conference. And I want to say seven or eight years ago, you seem to remember when we talked Yes, I do. <laughs> was it seven or eight? Do you know? Yeah, it was about seven years ago. Um, it's the only one I was in. My family lives in Oregon. And so it worked out very nicely. I saw my mom. I saw my brother. Went to the Willamette Writers uh, Conference. So it worked out nicely. Yes. Yeah, so we did meet at the Willamette Writers Conference. And at that point, I was probably in a cluster abyss of what I was going to do in my writing life. And I had gone to a breakout session that, uh, well, actually, Steve was the keynote speaker, but he was also uh, in a breakout session. And Steve talked a lot about the benefits and opportunities and differences about self-publishing. And at that time, as an aspiring author, I think like many aspiring authors, I had this dream, I was going to do a book proposal and get an agent, maybe get a publisher. And so I wasn't really clear on all that. But anyway... The stuff that you talked about was so interesting. I felt like it was so authentic and genuine. You, you sincerely care about people's stories. And what you had said, whether you know it or not, really shifted the course of my writing life for the rest of my writing life. And it meant a lot to me. Wonderful to hear. I'm, I'm gratified by that. That's great. Yeah. And we never know when we go out and do public speaking, because I do public speaking a lot as well what impact is going to be made or how or when those impacts show up. But it did stay with me and has carried with me through the entirety of my writing life. And so 
by that, I mean, I had complete freedom at that point in my own writing. Once I knew I was going to self-publish, all the clouds, expectation, the darkness lifted. And I was like, huh, I can, I can say what I want. I can make the chapters how I want. I can write what I want. And, and it was a huge opening for me to recognize that whatever it was that I had to express at that time, I was free to do so. And that, that did shift my writing life, which has changed a lot of different things. Interesting. You know, people, you know, when, when we talk to people about, you know, why self-publishing versus traditional publishing, a lot's been mentioned about timing and, and money, but you know, the, one of the most overlooked things is control. And that is that you, for better or for worse, sometimes some people don't want to be the contractor of their own house per se, but a lot of people relish the fact that, you know, it's their, it's their project. It's their baby as it were. And the fact that, yes, they, if they want to have all capital letters on the last line of every chapter, they can do that. If they want to number their chapters, you know, every, every other number, they can do that. It's their book. And we provide advice and guidance. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's absolutely completely 100% controlled by them. And, and it's, that's part of the, of the cornerstone of the partnership we feel with people. They're so invested with their book. We're just here to help them along the way. But at, at, no, you know, at no time do they ever lose the rights to their book. It's always theirs from day one till the end of time when we will be paying them royalties for their books. Yeah. And one of the fundamental teachings that I now work on and, and really help people is to find their confidence and their expression. And one of the ideas is this idea from fear to freedom. And I know this from a marketing standpoint or a commercial standpoint, it's like you do have choices with how money is spent and time. And like you had said, but I think writers struggle so deeply and profoundly with this idea of getting things on the page in their own words and uh, what that means and having it be forever that there's enough obstacles as it is for a writer. And so the shift for me was profound and it had nothing to do with the end result of what became of the book. It had to do more with, I am in a place where I can express or say what it is I, I want to say at this time in my life. And that, and that had a lot of meaning to me, whether people were going to receive it or I was going to make money or it was a commercial commodity or whatever it was became inconsequential. And it shifted my way of looking at writing as a form of conversation and expression and ultimate freedom. You know, we've probably talked just in the space of the time that we've started this, this, this um, conversation, we've probably talked to two dozen authors just on, on the phone, people calling in or emails. And each one of those authors, they have a very different reason for doing their book. One of them wants to be the great American novelist. One of them wants to do their memoir about their time in Vietnam. One of them wants to do a family project that the circulation of the book is probably just going to be the 50 people in their family. You know, people come to us with all different kinds of projects. And that's, that's part of the most fascinating thing. When I get a chance to the end of the day, I just I just skip and look and see some of the titles that were rolling off the presses today. You know, it's just an amazing combination and, and the just the explosion of creativity that we're able to help and to harness and to help them you know explode out in the marketplace. It's just every every day is different, 
And it's, it's just thrilling to know that, you know, it sounds corny, but we're helping people live their dreams. And, you know, as a marketer, I've been, I've been lucky to always be involved with products that are either aspirational or highly desirable. I've never had to market toilet paper, for instance. You know, so I've been involved with companies that are really doing things that you know, fulfill people's desires, whether they want something or something they've created. And we've just kind of had a helping hand in getting them out to where they want to be. Well, and there's a second part to this too about why I wanted you on is because I thought it was so interesting that I came up to you after that conference and I talked to you and you actually listened. And I know that sounds trite, but I've been to a lot of conferences and there's a lot of presidents of a lot of companies and they're very busy and very separate from the people they serve. And what I got from you immediately. And even when I emailed you and followed up, it was a response. And it wasn't just a courtesy (laughs) response. And you even say in your bio and your profile that you're genuinely interested in hearing people's stories. And so I wanted to ask you, what is it like to open yourself up in that way to such a swath of of people, a variety of people? What, What do you, I guess, how did you come around to that idea that you would be that open? And then what do you get from being that open? So I think I can trace it back to my roots of how I even started my, my career path. Uh, I was a journalist. And so I've always been a questioner. I've always sought out people to, to find out their stories. I've always been inquisitive. And I think that has stayed with me my entire life after I left the newspaper business, but really now kind of back full circle, if you will, in helping writers. I'm, I'm genuinely interested in people's stories and what their, what their motivations are. Um, and we, we as a company, you know, that's one of the cornerstones of what Book Baby is all about. I mean, people are talking to people about their projects. It's not some bot or just a website, fill in the form and we're going to get to you. No, you talk with people. And, and while, we, while we don't have time to read everybody's books, no question about it, but we sure learn a lot about them. And, you know, between the author bios or the, or the synopsis of the books, you know, we pretty have a pretty clear idea of what the authors are going for. And that helps guide us in, in our advice. But for me, you know, I send out a weekly email every Saturday and I write that myself. I don't have the marketing staff do it. I do it. And in, in that is a link to when they hit reply to, it goes right to me. And that goes out every Saturday morning. And I would say my Sundays now, probably from, from 7 a.m. to noon, I am answering people's questions. And sometimes I actually open it up and say, hey, send me your questions. And I need to remember to turn my phone off at that time because every time I get, I get a, a thing of mail, it dings. And there have been times I've done that and it sounds like a slot machine in Reno, Nevada. Ding, 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 ding. People sending me you know, questions or, or things like that. But I, I think that's, that's, that's helped our business overall to get an idea of the pulse of the community. And, and I hope that yeah, I hope that my, my genuine you know, answering back and, and interest is reflected through. And, and it doesn't just end with me. You know, we have people throughout our company who are have that same sort of inquisitive nature. And that's that's one, one of the things that we look for as we hire people. You know, they're not nobody's there just to punch the clock nine to five. Um, They've been involved in the industry. They have their own books. A lot of them have their own books. A lot of them are working on their own projects. Um, so it's a very creative team of, of folks who, as I say, they genuinely love to see what authors are bringing their, their way every day. 
And I, I can vouch for that as an author who published through Book Baby. And by this is no means like any commercial, <laughs> I'm not trying to plug anything in particular, but I am just saying as an author who struggled and uh, was out there looking at, at what was available, there are hundreds and dozens of companies that you do have to fill out forms and you don't have that. And the reason why this is so important to me is because I think we're losing our humanity. I think we're so used to connecting to voicemails and uh, it's interesting. I'll make a phone call to people and, and nine times out of 10, it will go to voicemail. People don't pick up their phones. They don't know how to, how to have these conversations. You go in the store, they're scanning their stuff, they're looking down. So the humanity and the connection, I think, whether it's a professional or personal setting is so valuable. And so with people's stories, this, I think, is the currency of the culture. I wish we would have more reverence and appreciation for. So that is why I wanted you on is because I respect that you still get it and you could be in a position where it would not be that way. And you could run the company like a commodity, but you are genuinely interested in people's stories. So what is it about people's stories that inspires you? So it's, it's, part, it's partially my background of being the inquisitive person. But it's, it's also the organization I joined now 16 years ago, even before Book Baby was going. We are part of a 75-year-old independent music company. So we've been dealing with, and this is a very unsexy term, but we marketers use it, content creators, right? And that's musicians, that's filmmakers, that's documentary makers, and now it's, it's authors. So we've been tuned into this community of people doing it on their own for 75 years and disc makers used to be our flagship brand. They would make vinyl records and then eight tracks and cassettes and CDs. And by the way, we still make more than a few CDs. It's still out there. It's almost used as an art piece now and sway on tables rather than really used to, to produce music. So I joined this organization on the music side already, in, you know, sort of surrounded by these people who, yeah, they understand the starving artist or the indie musician who, who wants to get them, you know, who has such great ambitions and genuine, you know, feelings of wanting to get out there. So it was quite easy in, in retrospect to be able to mold, you know, add a publishing component to this and taking what we've learned from at that time, 65 years of dealing with independent musicians, taking what works for musicians and translating it to writers it's not exactly the same as we've learned trial and error, but you're right. Each story is unique and different. And um, we just want to offer them opportunities um, to, to, to get their books out in the marketplace. There are a lot of other good, good ways to publish. I'm going to say that as long as the company is not unscrupulous and trying to swindle you, there's no bad way to publish. Going direct to Amazon, going through traditional publishing, if you want to do that. There is no bad way to get your ideas, your creativity out in the marketplace. We are just one of, 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 uh, of many good ways for, to uh, make that happen for people. I agree. And I, and I talk to people about the, the range of options a lot because I do think it's important to be educated and overwhelmed. And uh, we are dealing with artists and authors who have dreams. And I, it's interesting for the work that I do, helping 
people realize how to write and connect to their stories and support that by doing retreats in Santa Fe. It's such a vulnerable place to be in, but it's such an aspirational place to be in. The idea of writing a book, I think 90% of the people that I talk to say, oh, I want to write a book someday. And I would say of that, I'm sure there's data and statistics that you probably even can share. How many people actually write the book? Well, you know, one, one way to measure this is the explosion of ghostwriting services. Mm-hmm. Um, it's especially pandemic and post, if we're in the post pandemic period, we, we all hope the explosion of people saying, I've got a book in me. I just don't know how to put it down. And there are just a massive amount of people out there now trying to, to, to do this for folks. Some succeed, some don't. Um, but you, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it, it, as far as the, the, the overall numbers, I mean, we've seen a massive increase in our business during and now after the pandemic. Um, and we, and we, we were hoping, we were crossing our fingers that people were spending their time in quarantine, writing their stories. And oh boy, were they. Um, to, to the point where I mean, we're, we're like 80% ahead of where we thought we would be adding in new presses and new binderies. And in fact, I didn't even have an office anymore. I'm talking to you from my home office, which is the only one exists for me because we bulldozed all our offices down. And now there's a big giant HP 100,000 printer sitting where my office used to be because we're just get, we just need to get books out for folks and ship them out and prepare them. And, you know, all our design staff is scattered now throughout the United States. And thank God for Zoom, that allows us to 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 really really manage this, but um, yeah, the, the 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 overall numbers of folks who are coming forward with books is just unprecedented now, and many of them are well, really all of them are are, are just such such special works to them, and we try to keep treat every author as that you know it is as special. Your book is just as special as a Jim James Patterson or you know Dan Brown book, you know, because that's your what what you created and what you did. Do you think people, this is something I, I just anecdotally am curious about, are people still reading hardcover books or, you know, like pr- printed versions of books as opposed to ebooks? Yeah. Um, so about a few weeks ago, I, I, I found some numbers online. We've been watching this carefully. We, we had a feeling that during the pandemic, re- reading would come back, right? And the number of books indeed purchased during, during the pandemic, during the quarantine did rise. And, and we, we thought that, that would be happening. What we didn't know is what's gonna happen after a lot of the lockdowns have subsided. Are people gonna go back to their screens? Are they gonna go back to their video games? Maybe Netflix queues have been now, that they, they have more shows. What's most gratifying is the first six months of 2021, the numbers are just climbing 18 point, or 18% increase in unit sales in books for the first six months of the year. So we're, we're gratified. The way the numbers are shaping up now, since about the last three or four years, this is how, how things are gravitating. There's about 25% of the people who will only read print. There are 25% of the people who will only read digital. And then there's 50%, and I'm one of them, who toggle in between, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love having my books on my phone. You know, when I'm somewhere at a doctor's office, Ooh, I can jump right back into my book. But I also love the tactile feeling when I know I have some time out in my backyard, I'm going to grab that paperback or I'm going to grab that hard, hardcover book. 
So it's sort of settled in that there's, there really is, it, again, not a bad way to publish and not a bad medium to publish as, as well. Uh, pe people are, are, you know, I, I would recommend people do both so they can make sure they can capture all of, of the market. And it really is very inexpensive to add an ebook to your type of project. And then with all the choices that you have, I cannot imagine how the hell do you know what to read? How do you choose what to read and what do you read? I can't, I can't even begin to imagine you're around thousands of books. You, it's like you're, you're living in a library. So how do you know what to read? I peruse, uh, you know, we, we have our own internal um, bookshop. And in fact, it's called Bookshop. And so every book baby author, they get their own free selling page. And so I find myself every week, we list out, you know, some of the new titles coming out. And I have more books on my phone than I'm probably ever going to get to. But, I, but I've, I've got two patterns. I've got my, my business books. Mm -hmm. I try to get my, you know, one side of my brain on, Steve Jobs, biography and things like that. And then my escapism fiction, you know, Daniel Silva is one of my favorite authors. And every mm -hmm. July he comes out with his, his next Gabriel all on book. So I've got, I've got sort of two paths and, and then I dabble with some of our, some of our authors. I can't show favoritism. I can't promise I'm going to read everybody's books, but I have read a lot of our book baby authors books and, and they're great. I mean, and they're, they're so original and some of them are, you know, uh, some of them have really gone on and, and done well. Those who have, persevered and not just have done that first book the second book the third book the fourth book so that they're going to get some inventory out there which mm. people are looking for you invest in trying a brand new author they're going to see if, if this is only the only book they did eh, maybe i'm not going to risk it oh look they've got three other books in the series if i like book number one i can go to two three and four that seems to be very important for for our authors to make sure they've got that I wouldn't call it a critical mass per se because it might be different, but to have a you know to show a bit of a track record, to know that you've you've come out of the gate, you've published more than a few books, you've probably learned a lot each time you've published, mm -hmm. um, but but to, to give to give more value for your eventual reader. You know, I'm going to send you a book. Now, I have no expectations you're going to read it, but just because it's like one of those things to throw the the book into the hat, I'm, I'm going to send you a copy of mine, even though you could probably just go and get it somewhere in your own warehouse. But still, it's the point. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, we're not allowed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. So you were a writer. And I just purchased your book, actually, the one that you wrote uh, recently about the things to know about publishing. But I also think you were, you did some creative writing too, didn't you? Well, cr creative writing, I don't know if I put it that way. I, I was a journalist. I was a, I was a sports writer of all things. I, I, I went through, uh, I attended the University of Oregon Journalism School. And I had these high, high hopes of being a cross between, and now I'm going to date myself, of Howard Cosell from the sports side and Walter Cronkite on the news side. I was going to be that interesting news person and go out there and knock over the world. Well, it was fun, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I, I did enjoy my experience, especially as a small-town sports writer. Sometimes when I would tell the truth, say that little Johnny fumbled on the three-yard line, little Johnny's parents didn't want to hear it. <laughs> Circulation was up while I was at the newspaper. Um, I probably wasn't the most popular person. So, but, but one of the nice things and one of the things I say during my presentations a lot of times is I find myself, I have all the qualifications to be a self-published author. I've been a journalist. 
I've been a marketer. I've been a pear farmer. My family has third generation of pear farmers. I've been a direct marketer. I worked for Mattel. I worked for Hasbro. I've worked for a crazy um, foreign investor in, in, in a company in, in China. And we imported collectibles. I've had these amazing life experiences. But by golly, I should write a book about it. And so I think it was natural for me to come back and to become president of Book Baby because I understand how all these experiences can be related back in a book. So what I'm doing now is, is yes, I'm, I'm writing another book about the process of publishing, but I also have some creative writing projects sort of on the side that I'm going to let slide in here or there when I have more time. Yeah, and I, I would love to see that happen for you because I work with a lot of people that are used to writing business types of content or that has marketing purpose or anything. And those are the most interesting to work with. And those take the longest time to help them unlearn what they've learned, at least from my perspective of the way I teach writing, because you're the difference is that you're always writing for somebody else. You're writing so that it connects and you have language or tone or structure or whatever that is appeasing or meant to cater to a specific reader or audience. And the way I work with people to learn how to unlearn that is to really understand what that creative expression or capacity really has available to someone. Uh, I look at it as a conversation with yourself. And I know that sounds like it's a cliche because why we journal, we make notes, we do these things, but it's very different in that you are making room for and allowing these words that are probably hanging around and waiting to find you. You just have to be available or present or understand what that's going to sound like, because it's very different, especially if you've been conditioned, even in a journalism format, that also has a structure. So it'd be interesting to see what you come up with creatively. What does that even look like? First thing I have to do is I have to really be a disciplined writer. I have to say, okay, from the period of six in the morning to eight, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to turn on the morning news. I'm not going to even turn on the internet. I'm going to turn on my, I happen to write on an iPad with a keyboard, with an extended keyboard that doesn't get anything else besides that. It's the only thing loaded on there. And so making the, making the dedicated time for me, it almost sounds forced, but after a few days, it's almost like I'm mentally, the other 22 hours of the day, even sleeping, I'm readying myself for that two hour block of writing. And it becomes a lot easier as the days go by that I'm, I'm already in that, in that flow. So for me, it has to start with the discipline of, and a goal. I don't say I need to get X amount of words done by next Friday or something like that. But I, I know I have to make that a priority in life. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's different for probably every writer. Some of them maybe have to go away in a cabin and spend, you know, a week of all, that, that's all they do. I like to have a mix. I know um, I have this time and then I'm going to do my work. I'm going to do whatever. And then I come back to this, but always in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about what about that? What about this? Just even an odd, I'm, I'm sitting in traffic and I'm thinking, you know, I could go this way. I could go that way. And I jot down a quick note. No, and that's, that's good. And one suggestion I could offer uh, is because your mind and your brain and your words are so conditioned in a lot of ways. And you're also conditioned because you're listening to other people's words all the time and you're trying to run a company and you're trying to like have a life. So I, I understand it would be 
a maze of, of stuff in your head. I could see how, how much stuff would be going on. But one of the things that I teach has to do with prompts. There is a lot of creativity that can come from, even if you give yourself prompts that you're sitting there and you're looking and you're like sunshine or bush or cloud or lawnmower or like I used to do it when I would go walking in the mornings it was like a meditation time but I would sit there and uh, you you come up with an idea of a prompt and whatever comes is what comes without judging it or thinking about it and seeing what happens and what's evoked are these really interesting memories and stories and poems and things that start to come up. Like last night, I teach this class on Tuesday nights. It's free. Anybody can come. It's creative writing class, but it's prompt driven. And we talked about things on a, on a kitchen, you know, in a kitchen sink and even talking about forks or plates evokes these really interesting memories because you go back to these places or time or people or parties or conversations. And it brings up a lot of stuff and you start to figure out how to get out of your own way and make way for these interesting stories to emerge. And so while you're sitting out there, rather than thinking, I've got to do something and there's an expectation and there's a blinking cursor and you're sitting there, use what's around you as, as prompts, even if you're inside, but outside is really, really special. And you'll, you'll be amazed. Like if you just try it for a week, even creatively, what comes up? That's a good idea. I'll, I'm going to give that a shot. I'm a, almost sounds like, like 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 therapy by writing. You know, it really is. It is. Ah, it's a good idea. I'll, I'll give that a shot. Now, th- this is probably a good time to kind of mention. You know, where we we as a company we don't interfere in the writer's writing process. We know where our place is. Right. When somebody when somebody walks in, and say, I think my manuscript is finished. Um, there are many other people like you, writing coaches, book Sherpas, whatever you want to call them now, you know, folks who, who, who do, do such a great job in guiding writers to, to their topics, to their stories. That's not us. We, we sit, wait patiently until the story is ready. We help you edit it if you want to do that or, or send you to other editors. But yeah, the, the whole process of, of collecting your thoughts and your stories and your opinions and and your emotions, that, that has to be so organic that Book Baby could, could never be a part really of that, of that type of process. I know there are other companies who are, who are kind, of, kind of doing that on kind of a massive scale, you know, kind of a, a big scale that just doesn't feel right for us. We want, we, want to, mm. we want to take and amplify, you know, your organic thoughts and, and get them out there in the way that you want to be getting out there. We'll make your cover design look beautiful. We'll do your formatting. We'll help you with the editing. What kind of paper do you want it to be on? You know, that, that kind of thing. That excites us to really kind of take your ideas and put the presentation, you know, one, one of our internal mottos is we tried to make the little guy look big. And we've done that on the music side with our packaging and things like that. And, you know, and now we do it on the book side because you walk into a bookstore and if our customers are lucky enough to get bookstore placement, our books look every bit as good as what you'd see coming from a random house or a Simon and Schuster, you know, or, or through, or, or through any of the, of the traditional publishers, you couldn't tell the difference between them except for the names on the, on the covers. No, they're definitely 
definitely beautiful. And I, I feel like the, it's interesting because you're on, you're on the side of it where, where people are ready. I'm on the side of it, getting people ready. And one of the things that I don't want to say bothers me, but I guess it does. And it kind of pisses me off is that there's a whole realm of people out there, companies, businesses that prey on people who I think are vulnerable or overwhelmed and don't know what to do. Like for instance, they have these publish, you know, write a book and publish it in 30 days or something. And I get, I get so like upset that there's, I mean, I'm sure people can do it and there's probably viability to a company that does that. But to me, it's taking advantage of people in a very vulnerable place. And uh, the writing process doesn't have to be magic and sacred and conversational with yourself. Every book you write, sometimes you just need to produce something and get it out for business purposes. And I understand that. However, my sentiment or feeling of the most people that I've talked to is they end up going and seeking that kind of help and they end up feeling less gratified, more frustrated, more disillusioned. And it's almost like, I hate to use this analogy, but trying to lose weight, right? You can do a diet where you lose 10 pounds in 10 days, or, you know, you can do the healthy, like the practical there's. So I feel like it's about, for me, it's about fortifying the heart, the soul, the expression. There's so much to it. And it, and it feels like to, to do that to, to people, to take advantage of them like that. It, I mean, that's what I end up facing on the preparatory stuff before I get them ready to you. I mean, there's a difference between coaching and encouraging and stretching you know, a, a physical trainer, if we want to keep it in the same, same type of metaphor here. That's wonderful. And people should reach out for that, that type of help. But you're right. Somebody who is, who is doing it for them. As I say, all these ghostwriting services are, are out there. Some of them are quite good in the extensive interviewing they're doing, and they're truly helping people get their thoughts down. And if, if, if you don't have the ability to write, I, I understand. But you're right. It, it's those who are maybe stuck on chapter seven and dang it, I want to get to chapter 12. You lose something which I think is so important to publishing, and that is authenticity. Right. I feel like authenticity is the key to success of authors. Not to say that, you know, authors who aren't selling a lot of books aren't authentic, but if you have that as a cornerstone of why you are writing and what you're all about, that's tremendously important to me. I agree. And, And it shows, I think, in the interaction that I had with the company, with Book Baby, in my own publishing process, at least for me, I, I had a chance to talk to everybody every step of the way, uh, for the most part, except for the design phase. That, that was handled a little bit different. But but up until then, and throughout the process and distribution, I was able to talk to somebody, and it's overwhelming. I mean, I understand for people that are listening that the publishing industry has changed. It's dynamic. There's an endless array of options that somebody could go into publishing. And even if you did choose to self-publish, there's options there. Like then you get into that rabbit hole. But I think for the most part, people, uh, you do a great job of providing a lot of resources and information. You're very thorough with all of the background and, and content and explanations. And it felt, it felt like I had 
the command of my own ship from the beginning in terms of what, what I needed to do and where I wanted to go. It's a huge investment of time and emotion and finances. So to be able to make good decisions felt right to me. So our greatest challenge now, and again, in, in we, we, you know, we guarantee all our products. What we can't guarantee is if somebody has, is going to be able to sell a lot of books. It's out of our control, obviously. So our greatest challenge is to find ways to help people sell more. And I would say I have probably talked to this calendar year, probably 200 different either entities, organizations, spiels, if you will, right. helping people to market their book. And A, they have to be authentic. You know, they have to be, they have to have great value and they have to be scalable. You know, it, it can't be where we have, you know, hire a publicist that can handle thousands of authors, you know, so, so for, for us, that, that it, it's a challenge to provide some things for people to, to, to find their readers. Um, you know, what we're doing now with some of the Instagram and Facebook ads, that's great. And what we're trying to do there for them is not necessarily find buyers, we find readers because readers are the bigger subset. If you entice somebody to be a buyer, that's more incumbent upon the book and the metadata, the bio, the description. But we do offer the, these, these, these ad programs, or we're about to, about to come up with something that actually is more Google-based, that'll be in places where people traditionally, online property where people are looking at book reviews and things like that, we're about to add that to it. Um, I think there are opportunities within Amazon to help people you know, make your Amazon listing optimizing, if, if you will, not just the metadata or things like that, which we already do, but what about all the programs? What about these new things they just announced uh, for 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 help the name of it. it's like Kindle First or something like that that allow people to you know have more in, enhanced um, listings on the site. So that that's been our, our next challenge to give every 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 book baby author really every author because we we make these things available to everyone another leg up to yes try to get noticed in this giant world something that's just just came to my attention a few weeks ago but you know TikTok everybody talks about TikTok and now there's a book talk. And 14.5 billion views of book talk as of last week. And they're selling the heck out of, especially, you know, young adult titles of these influencers who do a TikTok and suddenly, boom, all these older mid-list books are flying off the virtual shelves. It's an incredible phenomenon. And you're right, it, it's evolving every single day. And that's a lot of my job now. How do you keep up? How do you keep, oh my God, how do you keep up? After I do my two hours of writing, <laughs> exploring, and I, I talk with a lot of people in the book industry and what they're seeing, and and I, I've got a network of probably fifty people who I talk with, maybe at, at least once a month, and I kind of pick their brains, and they pick mine, and and we we try to advance the whole community forward because you know it it, it really is a big community, and authors are and and experts are willing to share you know their information of what got them because. There's not a monopoly on a reader. You're not just going to read one author for the most part. You're going to read many different kinds of authors. So there's no there's no harm in 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 sharing your secrets. What I did, I was able to get in libraries because I did this. Great, you know. I was able to get in local bookstores because I ran this kind of promotion. You know, we share as many ideas as we can. In fact, one of my next emails going out is to say, okay, it's time to get your ideas. So that I can share them. So my phone will be going off like a a, a, a one-armed bandit here soon. I think in the coming weeks, as I ask for these ideas again. 
you probably get asked the same generic questions over and over again. And I imagine one of them must, well, not must, but I imagine one of them might be, what is the future of books? Well, you know, as we were watching the numbers of book units declining, you know, over the past you know, period. Now, those are traditional books, by the way, traditionally published books. There are no good statistics on self-published books. Those books are, are still growing at a tremendous rate. But, you know, it, it's sort of worrisome to see the traditional publishing units going, going down further. Um, I think there's going to be more consolidation. And, you know, there's now the big five. We're now down to the big four. It could be a big two. Amazon publishing is going to be huge. Um, I worry about the brick and mortar bookstore. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic did not do it any favors. Um, you know, I think Amazon's grasp upon the marketplace has gotten bigger. Of course, that's just in the US. I mean, Amazon is number three in Germany. They're number six in Belgium. I mean, there are other kinds of outlets you can get your books out to, which is why we offer all these distribution channels. So thinking globally, is important. Um, there's huge audiences in China, in, in, in uh, India, in Pakistan, and we're trying to get more of our authors to think about that and getting mm -hmm. their, their, their content. So I think books are going to be more, more global. I think the digital situation is kind of shaking itself out. You know, mm -hmm. until, we get, you know until the people who are 25 years old and are reading only on their phones, well, when they're 65 and they're reading a lot more, I think digital will have a bigger foot, footprint on the industry, but it's pretty stable there. But you know what? People want great stories. People want compelling topics. I don't think that's ever going to change. Mm -hmm. Our parallel with the music industry, we saw music go from, you know, a highly prized commodity to free, you know? And we don't think books are ever going to go to free. Yeah, but they're 99 cent books, but that's to try to entice people to, try you as an author. It's more of a marketing ploy. It's not about a value proposition. I think books are going to keep that value and that it's a long-term investment that we're putting in, adding more equipment, more machinery. You know, we, we think that the sky is the limit. So we'll need to bulldoze more part, parts of our buildings to add more printing presses next year, I think. That's a very specific thing. So what you touched on is really more of an interesting question around the global idea of where does art have a place in culture? Well, I hope it's going to be, I, I hope we can turn down our, our attention spans so that we can really truly appreciate art. I was just introduced to a company called um, Xi'an in China. And I had, I had not heard of this, my kids had. Um, it, it, it's an amazing organization, as a marketer, I'm marveling how they could put this together where, you know, this vortex of data they collect from TikTok and from, you know, Facebook, and then also their own internal numbers where they're turning out products at a, an incredible speed. In a given day, they're going to produce 15 brand new SKUs in garments a day. And they're meant to be worn a couple of times until that fashion wave has crested and then they'll probably toss them away. So that, that's kind of a waste of resources. You know? oh, that's so, that just breaks my heart when you said that. That's like, so it makes everything disposable. Exactly. So I'm hoping that culture, you know, I'm hoping that we as a society can really kind of step back and, and realize that, you know what, lasting things are important. Um, you don't need to consume to exist. 
and and, and I think that the, the, the writers are producing the kind of products that will, you know, continue to exist. I mean, we have people who published books from us 12 years ago, and we're going to be paying royalties to, for them till the end of time, until Book Baby is no longer the year 2300 or what or however long it, it goes. So it's a good feeling to know that you know we're part we're part of a lifetime publish for people, and and there's. There's a kind of a lasting quality built into everything we do. Quality books, quality digital properties, you know, although all at the same time having to be on our radar, all the brand new things happening in the publishing industry so we can give our self-published authors every advantage that we can provide them. Do you feel that there are ways or places that you have contribution in the way the way we think about stories and the way we think about our lives? I love that you said that you're you're adding this longevity factor to things. And I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that must be an interesting idea to imagine books and words and stories and publishing as something that contributes counter to what's actually happening in the world. Even in our hiring practice, like I said before, we look at people who, who genuinely enjoy books. Um, and, and it's just, it's not a question that we ask, do you enjoy books? But in our interview techniques, if people mention books they've read or author, favorite authors or things like that, that kind of gets them high, higher up in the scale. So it, it even influences, you know, how we, how, how we staff our company and, and the community that we're, we're trying to do. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we're necessarily influencing people's stories. The, the things that we can do is to further trample down the stigma of self-publishing. Mm-hmm. I think self-publishing, there was still, the stigma of a little bit of vanity press of, oh, you're paying to get your book out there. Every day that goes by, it's, it's farther down. We, we have stomped this down. I mean, we're, we have many tr- former traditionally published writers who've sort of seen the light and they realize, you know, I can do this by myself. I don't need these big organizations. We have several famous, public, famous writers writing other pen names who are doing other types of books that I'm prevented from revealing their names and their penalty of their agents coming after me. Uh, but, you know, so, so it's, it's no longer where, where we're, we're having to say it's, it's self-published is not the consolation prize anymore. It is the first choice in many, many authors. And, and frankly, and, uh, and, and I know people have traditional publishing dreams. It used to be, you can have the advantage of marketing or distribution to indie bookstores or things like that. The number one reason that people, I think, try the traditional route, and this is going to sound terrible, it's ego. Hey, Mom, it is. guess what? I got signed by Simon & Schuster. Now, that's not going to get them really much farther than what we do for a self-published author, but probably sounds good to their mom or to their ex-wife or to their former school teachers back in their high school who thought they couldn't write, so... Yeah, and that's an interesting thing too, is the ego is such a fragile component in all of this. And that that is where I would say too, it's it's not that I had the ego of like, oh, I want to go and get a publisher. And but the idea of self-publishing was I don't want to say the stepchild because there's lots of beautiful stepchildren in the world. It it was more just like uh, a <laughs> monopoly. You win the second prize, you get the ten dollars in the beauty contest. But I've learned. I mean, I've seen the light. Like so much has changed since I since I educated myself. But 
it, it was ego, right? We want to be recognized. So a, a few weeks ago, I've been waiting for a book. You know, we haven't had any blockbuster books from people who sold zillions of units, not, not with the last name of Obama for a while. So I've been waiting for this book to come out. So sure enough, about six weeks ago, here comes Falling, the book that, you know, great premise. The pilot's told that he has to crash land the plane or his family is going to get killed. You know, she signs a two book deal for seven figures. Um, she has a movie rights coming out, brand new author. What a great story. And so I came out with a blog post and I've gotten a few bricks thrown at me about this. And I said, congratulations to her, but she made a horrible mistake. She should have self-published. And for all the reasons of she would have made a lot more money because she only signed a one book deal. She could have had three books out in the marketplace. She went through 41 agents who said no to her. It was only the 42nd agent that said, eh, maybe, okay. All that time, all that misery of all the rejection. And oh, by the way, the control of the book. She has all that. So I've taken a few you know, comments from people saying, oh, you're just trying to you know, have more money for your company. And I said, and I made a point saying, no, this is not about having her be a client of mine. This is more the mindset of taking control of your own. And one of the, one of the funny things is, is that in, in, in the article, she, so when she was done with the manuscript, she picked up a book about how to publish written in 2010. And this was back in 2019. So it was nine years old. Book Baby wasn't even around then. There weren't ways to really self-publish well. So she had horrible advice. And so I told people, even in my blog post, I said, hell, she should have she gotten my book. And I put a tiny little link. <laughs> I sold 250 of my books. So that was a nice, nice part of it. But no, I mean, it, it really is to the point I'm saying, you know, these folks, if you if you've got a great idea, even if you don't have a platform, this is such a great story. You know, she's a former stewardess. I'm sorry, flight attendant. We call them flight attendants now. Um, you know, she could have gotten everything and more by being being a self-published author. I mean, Andy Weir and the Martian. Come on, that proved that all, all the way to the other movies, the the Shades of Grey movies and the and and the, the vampire series. I forgot what the name of that was. So yes, people can get very rich and famous by going the self-publishing route. And frank, frankly, having so much more control, money, time to get their books out quicker. So. Yeah, I mean, you see this every day. You live, breathe, discuss this. Do you, do you, are you able to shut it off when you go home? Like, are you able to shut off the words and the ideas and the, because there's so much, you've got the industry, the technology, the people, the workers, the company, the finances, it goes on and on. You know, I've got a great support team and it's, to me, it's not as much fun to spec out, should we buy an HP 100,000 press or get three of the 7,800? That's not fun to me anymore. And I've got a great support staff that are doing that. I'm, I'm now able to, to really kind of be above, above the fray a bit and, and look at trends and, and see what other companies are doing. And even, even companies not in our, our industry. So I'm in a pretty nice position where, yeah, I can kind of get above the day-to-day -day fray because, again, there are great systems in place. We have wonderful technology to handle a lot of the issues. But it's the, it, it, the, the one thing that I don't miss out on is we have meetings almost every day of our designers. Tell me about what's happening there. Our, our distribution staff, tell me what's happening there. We never lose that personal connection because... Publishing is such a people business. 
Um, and, and it really starts with our, our, our training. Somebody's not allowed on the phones until they've had months of training. It used to be nice where we're all gathered together in an office and maybe looking over the shoulder and hearing somebody on the phones. Thank God for technology, we can still do that. But it's, it, it was so nice to be able to, you know, have somebody on the phone and then they review the phone call and they ask questions back and forth. And it was very organic. So we're having to do workarounds, Zoom, for instance, um, and things like that. But we, you know, the, the worst thing that we can do is turn somebody loose on the phones, even because we have, you know, high traffic coming in until they're prepared to give really sound advice and never overpromise, you know, things that we can't do. So what gives you inspiration outside of publishing? Where do you find inspiration? Outside of publishing? Well, I've got some, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm looking for the days when I can sort of leave Book Baby off to this incredibly vital and engaging staff. And maybe I do some of off on my uh, th things on my own. I, I, I love to travel. And so this pandemic has been incredibly frustrating for, for, for me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, travel has been something that my family has always done. My, my brother lives in Australia for many years. His children are living in Europe. My mind have traveled all, all around the world. So I'll, I'll be getting back to that very soon. But I don't think I'm ever going to lose touch with this author community. It's just too enriching. I mean, I, I, I draw so much energy just by looking at the new titles that have come across, you know, as soon as we're done, I'm probably going to call up our, our queue and see what titles came out on the presses today. And I'll open a few of them up. I'll read some pages and you never know. I might go into our bookshop and buy a couple of them and, and, and leaf through them. So variety of things that we're publishing from legal textbooks to self-help books and religious books. I mean, th there's no title that, that really is, you know, one, one dominant. We just publish everything. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on my. I'm going to be getting my files to Book Baby here pretty soon. I'm publishing two books coming up with you. One is uh, called uh, Winsome and Pardon the French, Fuck Demonium. And uh, that's going to be a collection of poetry. And then the other one is a book called The Art and Invitation of Self Conversation Writing That Moves You Beyond Fear into Freedom. And it's going to be talking about my philosophy of having a conversation with yourself and using prompts and uh, learning how to get around all the things that keep you afraid and quiet in your own conversation and your own writing. And so I know that with all of the stuff that's out there, I think it's up to each person when they're writing their stories or writing their books to figure out what's going to work best for them and not to get overwhelmed because it is a lot of information and don't lose sight of the importance of just writing the story and then figuring out the rest later. That, that is what I think is the most important thing is just to honor that and connect with that and, and write the story and, and the rest will, will come. And you have one more writing assignment I know coming up, you'll be appearing on the Book Baby blog. I know, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Turning loose, and we've got probably, I think, 300 to 350,000 people come on the blog each and every month. So, um, I know I'm so excited about that, you know, and that's something else about you, though, because I just sent an email, sort of not cold, but just saying, Hey, I'm interested in some promotional or advertising opportunities. I would have even spent some, some, you know, a couple of shekels in that direction because 
what I do is help people figure out how to tell their story in a meaningful way and to do it and connect with it. And so I thought, hey, your, your people are my people. And so I wanted to maybe advertise or connect. And then you called me, like you, you got this email forwarded and you had the foresight to say, hey, we haven't written anything about retreats. I'd be interested in, in this topic to help our readers. And then you asked me to write, write an article. And I'm like, see, this is, this is why you're you. That's so much more valuable than having an ad pop up on our, our website that maybe somebody will, will click. No, how about giving some free information on our blog that'll be you know looked upon so everybody wins. Everybody. No, it was really sweet and I appreciate it and I'm excited. And I wrote the article and it's in with your blog editor. And so hopefully that'll be out uh, early September. You just don't meet people in business these days that are as open or as innovative or as interested or as interesting, I think. And I, I just respect that and appreciate that about you so much. I've got to say, I'm joined with a team of executives and our CEO, who, who, who I report to, he's in that same vein. And again, coming with this incredibly creative music organization wedded to publishing, now it's, it really is a wonderful community. And I've worked in a lot of different places, Mattel, Hasbro, like I mentioned before. I've never worked in a company like this, and it's just been a great way to, you know, allow me to express my creativity and and be authentic with our customers. So you had mentioned and uh, that you were going to travel. Where was the where is the first place or two you'd go? France, <laughs> South or Paris, like? Uh, yes, all of it. Um, no, my my idea my ideal summer when I can take it is land somewhere in a house in the south of France, and then start taking train trips all around, around the continent every single week. Nice. Well, maybe next summer. I hope so. Oh, I sure hope so. Yeah, I'm planning a trip too. I want to go to Andalusia in Spain. I want to go to that region and uh, check that out. It seems really interesting. So we can dream, we can hope, and right. fingers crossed. And as the world starts to sort itself out, you've done an amazing job of growing an a fantastic company that really serves people and you provide excellent service and for people that are out there struggling if they're interested in learning more just about the process of self-publishing I would highly recommend viewing book babies website just because there's a ton of resources and things to consider and whether you use book baby or not just deciding if self-publishing is for you it's a good place to start and uh, I'm grateful and I can't wait to get my next book in my hand. It's like, <laughs> I'm excited about that. So you're, you're right. And, you know, and, and people shouldn't be afraid to pick up the phone and call. I mean, that's why we staff these. That's why we have these people who are really publishing experts. They're not going to sell you. They're going to give you advice. Um, yes. Do we pay them a small commission on sales? We do. But we also pay them a big base salary. Um, we, we, we don't we don't want that high pressure sales techniques. We're really going to give you our honest advice. And there isn't a kind of book we haven't handled before. I mean, you name it, we've done it. Um, so there really is this wealth of experience that tap into. It's free. Just give us a call. It's free. So outside of the business side of things professionally, is there anything you'd want to tell anybody who has a story in them and has contemplated or thought about getting it out and maybe is afraid? Take the time. Take, take, the, take the opportunity, as we were talking about before. 
turn off the TV, put down the headphones, put away the gaming console, you know, go out in nature somewhere, wherever you, you find creativity. I used to go to this old library uh, in New Hope, Pennsylvania, that it was a converted church and it's now a library. And that's where I spent my Sunday mornings at this, in the, literally in a pew with a table lined up to it with a beautiful backdrop of these trees. And that was my creative spot, you know? Um, just take the time to, to consider your story. And, and, I, and I think your ideas of simple prompts and, and just spontaneous bursts of creativity. And suddenly there'll be a flywheel effect. And you know what, what about this? And what about that? And reach out to experts to, if you need to, to hone your writing and do a retreat like you're doing. Um, there's so many opportunities locally, regionally, you know, even, even nationally, um, that there are people to help you get your story out. It, it can be done. It really can be. And I'm going to just extend to you too, that when you do get a chance to shut everything off and to give yourself that opportunity to shut out other people's words and other people's expectations of you and the professional side of what you know and explore and see what's that conversation for you what are those words that are waiting for you and what do they have to teach you because there's still so much there is there is and one of the hardest things for me to decide what kind of what what aside from business and i'm writing another book about marketing your, your book you know what other kinds of topics do i want to explore well i'll have plenty of time for that i know I will. that's when you're in france i know it <laughs> Well, thank you to Steve Spots, president of Book Baby Publishing Company. It was a real pleasure and honor. Thank you for giving all of this beautiful advice and input and perspective into the worth and value of our stories. Jenna, it was a pleasure. And again, any questions you have, you can, you can email directly to me. It's quite easy, my email address, stephen at bookbaby.com. Simple as that, come straight to me. And he will listen, I promise you. Thanks for listening to Identity Talk with Jana Lopez. If now's the time to unearth your story or you just have to write that book, don't let fear or overwhelm stop you. Reach out. I'm here to help you achieve your creative writing dreams. If you've enjoyed what you've heard on this show, share it with someone you think is in need. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. Hey, reach out. Find me at janalopez.com. Janalopez.com.